So I want to talk a little bit about, well, not a little bit. I want to talk the whole, the whole preach about the year. What kind of year will 2018 be? I've asked myself this question, and I ask you guys to do the same. And the question is this. Am I okay with 2018 being the same as 2017? Are you okay with 2018 being the same as 2017? We've all heard this saying, the more things change, the more they what? The more they stay the same. Will we be content walking in the same state or pace of growth next year as we were with this past year? Will we be content with the same level of fruitfulness next year as we were this year? Will we be happy and satisfied walking with the same amount of hunger next year as we had this year? And then maybe a better question. Do we think God would be content with that? The questions I asked. Do we think God would be okay with that? The same level of hunger, same level of growth, same level of fruitfulness. Do we think God is alright with that? Do we think that God will be pleased with us walking in the same level of spiritual maturity and fruitfulness in 2018 as we did in 2017? If you don't mind, I'll go ahead and ask the Lord that question. Lord, oh, he already answered. He said, the answer is found in my word. He said, I've already answered that. You see, God's word is all about fruitfulness. God's word is all about growth. When it talks about us walking as believers, as believers in Jesus Christ, when it talks about our walk, it is about growth and it's about fruitfulness and not a fruitfulness that we can bring about through works. A fruitfulness that only comes by being in step with the Spirit of God and walking with Him. Which means when He's walking and we're pausing, what's that fruit going to be like? Or when He's stopping and we move ahead of Him because he thinks he, we, we think He's too slow. What kind of fruitfulness and growth will be reflected by that kind of action. In the Word of God, the first command that man has is to be fruitful and to multiply. God cares about fruitfulness. So let's look at an example uh, in Luke chapter 13 of, of being fruitful. And before I read this, this is this is interesting. In reading this passage, um, I'm completely convinced this is one of those spots where before Jesus gives this parable, he gets a word of knowledge. Um, the word says that Jesus did nothing except what the Father first showed him. So the so the Father showed him what was going to happen next. Okay. So Jesus. So when he gives this parable, it's a loaded question. It's definitely a loaded parable. So keep that in mind. So Luke 13, verse 6, And Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, I like that Jesus says, Look, look, 
For three years now, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and put some manure on it. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Uh Uh-oh. Nothing about that is good. The fruitlessness isn't good. The digging around us isn't good. The poo isn't good. Nothing about this is good. But this is a message about hope. Even in the midst of unfruitfulness, the Lord saying, saying, yeah, you know, I'll wait. This parable is, is directly talking to religion. And not, not a living religion like we have, but a, but a dead religion that, that was prevalent among the religious leaders at the time. Let's see that, that dead religion demonstrated in the very, very next verse. Verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her over, which I find this is very interesting as well. I, I like to kind of hit pause. She's, she's bent over and has been done, done so for 18 years. I don't know how far bent over. I don't know what her crippling thing was. But did you notice that Jesus called her to come to him? See, in my mind, it'd be easy to see someone bent over like that. You go to them. But Jesus calls us to come to him. He called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant... Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, uh, there are six days in which work ought to be done. So come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, once again, you know, word of knowledge, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. And all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. In this we see fruitfulness. In this we see healing. In this we see life. We see the, the work of Jesus Christ bearing fruit. And that fruit is salvation and healing and deliverance. Daughter of Abraham. I know he doesn't call her that by name at this point. He refers to her to that later. You are free. You are healed. You are whole. And immediately she was healed and glorified God. So this passage from Luke 13 that we read, it mentions the change that can take place over the course of a year. The parable that Jesus said, it, it, we don't know the result of that year, but it stops short and it's, it says, what's inferred is that the master says, yeah, I want to give it a year. 
What change can take place in the midst of a year? What change can take place in our fruitfulness in a year? What is a year? 365 days? Sure. A cycle of four seasons? Yeah. But in Scripture, it's more than that. In Scripture, a year is called the Shana. And Shana is translated as the duplicate or the repeat. So in the course of nature, it's the repeating, it's the duplication of what has already begun. In nature, we see duplication. We see the winter, the spring, the summer, the fall. The winter, the spring, the summer, the fall. The winter, the spring, the summer, the fall. That's three years right there. Winter, spring, summer, fall is one year, and I said it three times, so now I guess we're technically at four. But those four seasons combined, it's a year. The blooming of the flowers, the withering of the flowers. The blooming of the trees, the falling of the leaves. The life, the death. The rebirth of nature and its dying. The same progression, the same replaying of what just was. So in in the course of nature, a year is a shana, a repeating of the former. The repeating of the former. So we have a new year in front of us. What can we expect? What will it be? Well, what do you mean? Mark, you just told me that the year was doomed to repeat itself. It's not a very hopeful message, preacher. That's not the message I'm preaching. You see, in nature and in the natural, things repeat. But what about the supernatural? You see, Christ offers us a new nature. Romans 6, 4 says this, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember not what? The former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and I will make rivers in the desert. Jesus brings life. Jesus brings newness. Even in the face of dryness and wilderness, He brings life. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And i got to read the next two verses because they're awesome. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, point to yourself, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
as creatures of habit, we, we tend to gravitate, gravitate towards the familiar, right? We, we gravitate towards that thing that we know, the comfortable. The same routines, the same paths, the same meals, the same routines, even if they're unfruitful, even if they're harmful. We gravitate just naturally and instinctively to that routine. But here's good news. That word shana has a second and equal meaning. This is not a secondary meaning. That word shana has two meanings. Duplication and repetition, but also the change. The change. See, there's there's duplication and repetition in the seasons, but there's also a change with every season. Don't you love it when the Lord surprises us in His Word? Friends, this next year doesn't have to be a year of repetition for us. Stuck in those ruts, stuck in those routines, doing the same things and walking in any unfruitful ways. Because of the Shana, because of the change. You see, the way of the world and the way of the natural is to repeat. But the way of the Lord and the way of the supernatural is to change. Friends, we can't know God and not be changed. To know God is to be changed by Him. To walk with Jesus is to be changed by Jesus. When we see Him and we hear Him and we experience Him and we feel His touch and we see Him move, to walk with Jesus is to be changed by Jesus. When we're called by Him, we're called to follow as He leads, to walk with Him. Not Him up ahead leading, but Him right there with us and walking and talking and doing life and discipling and pouring into us. To know God is to be changed by God. His will for you and I this year is that this year, this Shana not just be a time of repetition, but a time of growth. A time of new beginnings. A time of new steps. A time of breaking out of the whole, the old. But friends, it's a, it's a time of growth. It's a time of fruitfulness. fruitfulness. It's a time, and now this is where before when I was speaking of we, I'm, I'm shifting gears and I'm speaking, I'm speaking now to you. It's a time for you to start seeing yourself as God sees you and walking according to how God sees you. And not staying in the old because it's safe, but saying, Lord, you are the reward of you is worth the risk of walking out of the comfortable. You've got to see yourself as God sees you, and you've got to walk accordingly. And i got to do the same. And 
looking at this room, there are mighty men and women of God. There are world changers. There are neighborhood changers. There are business changers. We just got to walk. We got to walk in that newness. We got to walk in the supernatural. So how do we do that? What's the practical application of that message? Friends, when we live our lives according to our will, natural. When we live our lives according to God's will, supernatural. When we walk according to our will and our preferences and our comforts, repetition. We're just bound to repeat life. We're just bound to make the same mistakes. Definition of insanity is what? Doing the same things again and again and expecting a different result. And when we live our lives according to our will, friends, it, it is, it's not Shana the change, it's Shana the repetition. But when we live our lives according to God's will, when we say, Lord, my life is yours. Lord, my time is yours. My resources is yours. Lord, my, my money is yours. My pickup truck is yours. Lord, I don't know how you'd use my dog, but my dog is yours. I am yours. And I only want to do what you want, Lord God. Supernatural. Shana. Change. So what's 2018 going to be? What we need to do is set our hearts on, on walking in the Shana of change, on walking in, in growth and maturity and fruitfulness. And once again, please don't, don't, don't mistake me. We don't bring about the fruitfulness. Walking in step with Christ brings about the fruitfulness. Walking with Him. So when He does that scary thing and He says, go, what's the scariest scenario I can think of? I don't know if it's the scariest, but it's up there. Go, you're in the supermarket. Go pray for uh, that little girl standing next to the weary-looking woman and go, go lay hands on her and pray for her to be healed and to get out of that wheelchair. One of the scariest scenarios. I'm like, Lord, look at the woman. She's weary. If I pray and you don't heal her, Lord, she's just going to be even more weary. Lord, you're going to look really bad if I, if I go and pray for her and she doesn't get up. I don't think it's really the Lord we're really worried about there. I think it's that we're, we're scared. Walking according to His will. I've done that scenario before, and I've walked away from that scenario before. And just for the record, when I've done that scenario before, I still haven't seen the miraculous, but I obeyed my Father. I obeyed what He asked me to do. And maybe it stirred some hope, or maybe it did something in me, but whatever it was, it was obedience, and I'll take it. I'll take it. If we want to live in the new things, then we must choose not to live in the repetition of the natural. If we want to experience the new things, we must choose not to live in the repetition of the natural. I'm saying this right now. If there's any sin that we are willfully doing, we need to repent of it and stop. I'm talking about that willful sin. I'm talking about that hidden sin. I'm talking about that thing that, that, that might be a thing of comfort to us. And the Lord tells us time and time again to stop. We need to stop and say, Lord, I repent and I give it to you. We can't carry that with us into the newness, friends. In walking in step with the Lord, we can't carry that willful, hidden sin. What we can do is let the Lord bring it to light. 
whether we can receive healing and freedom from it. And then we walk in the light. See, Christ doesn't walk in the darkness. He's the light. We leave our sins and we follow Him. And we walk in the supernatural. Doesn't that just sound exciting? Doesn't that just sound exciting for next year? We walk in the supernatural. We walk in the things of the Lord. We walk in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. And God's faithful to grow the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're called to, guys. And that's what God has for us this year. The fruitfulness of God. The Shana of change.